0: three two one 2, 1, from down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious! The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Buzzardry, the only mustard buzzer podcast on the planet. Great to be back. Another busy week in Southern Miss sports. Plenty to talk about tonight. We are recording February 19th, Sunday evening. My name is Ben Milam. I'm joined by my partner, Patrick McGee. Pat, how you doing on this Sunday?
1: Glad to be here. Glad to talk some baseball. We'll get to basketball first. So.
0: Yes, that's right. And as we have uh, continued to talk about, it's nice to have some meaningful basketball along with baseball starting to talk about. Makes for uh, probably a little bit longer of an episode. We will break down the South Alabama loss, the Georgia Southern win. We'll look ahead to these final two regular season games. And we will talk a sweep for Southern Miss over Liberty this weekend uh, we'll also take a look around the Sun Belt and preview this upcoming week for Southern Miss Baseball. Four more home games, first midweek game against UNO on Tuesday, and then the Fighting Illini coming to Pete Taylor Park next weekend. Pat, let's talk basketball first, actually first, before we get started. This episode is brought to you by Big Gold Nation. That is southernmiss.rivals.com. It is the premier inside source For all things Southern Miss Athletics, in this busy season, a lot of great content coming out on Big Gold Nation. Be sure to go check it out. You can read that if you are a member. Thanks, Big Gold Nation, for sponsoring the episode. Okay, Pat, let's talk Thursday first. (laughs) This, uh, it was, um, you know, one you might want to forget pretty quickly. But also, you know, as we have discussed, we've kind of been waiting on, Uh, a disappointing loss a little bit and I I think it's inevitable at some point you had won nine straight over the course of I guess over a month for uh, Southern Miss and of course you're in first place you want to protect that you didn't want to lose a game like this but it could end up being a positive thing that's yet to be determined but yeah first of all Thursday night uh, not a fun one in Mobile
1: yeah, and it was, and you didn't want to go into, I guess, a, a long win streak in the tournament because that would have set up, you know, what people, you know, called the to the top. Uh, <laughs> yep. um, uh What some of the old heads would call that. Um, where, you know, you, you, whatever. It was kind of kind of reminds me of, you know, baseball had one fourteen and in a row yeah. heading in that conference tournament and they lost. And, Expectations but, get sky r- high. Right, yeah. but, I mean, this was a game you, you just – I think the big thing, you just couldn't guard. You just couldn't get in front of – I mean, really, Isaiah Moore, he was able to get – to the basket a lot. He was able he was able to get in the paint and, uh distribute a lot. And uh, I mean yeah, South they shot 32 threes and really they had some open looks. I mean early on they mm-hmm. missed a number of wide open threes and eventually they start falling. And um yeah, I mean South was just a whole lot better. It was, you know, yeah. really by far the worst game you played this year and you just you just didn't shoot well. You didn't defend well. Um you just you didn't do really anything well at all. I mean Hase had only three Yep. On on four shots, uh, Crowley only had nine on um on six shots. Pickney had four on, on five shots. So um yeah, I mean South they're playing. I mean Burley really they might be playing better than anybody else in the conference. Yeah. They, yeah. Um beat up on you and RP up uh, not you and uh, ULM mm-hmm. uh, yesterday by about the same margin. Um, but yeah, I mean it was just a, a really poor game and um you know you know, credit to Southman. I, I was like, more. he just took the, uh, in the Ken Palm, some player of the year standings, which whatever formula they use for that, I mean, he just overtook Tavon Kinsey, so he's playing like the best player in the conference right now. Yeah. Uh, but he, he really hurt you. Jamar Franklin was four or five from three, guy off the bench. And also, I mean, Kevin Samuel, we talked about how are you, you were going uh, to stop him. I mean, early on, he had a bunch of easy buckets, had a couple alley-oops. Um, so, yeah, just overall, just, Really, uh, not great night there uh, in Mobile. So,
0: yeah, I honestly don't I don't have a lot to add. I usually, I'm working. I'm calling games when Southern Miss is playing Thursday and Saturday. Usually, go back and watch the uh, the game on ESPN Plus. This is the lone one that I did yeah. not go back and watch. So, <laughs> not a whole lot of analysis there.
1: Yeah, so I mean, this is South Alabama. I mean, that's the team you really don't want to play yeah. in a possible one eight. I think uh, right now they are seventh. They have the tiebreaker over App State, so they would be seven. But I mean, there's still a chance that they would be in a, the eight seed. And right now, you obviously <coughs> still the one seed. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you're just talking about like outside of the top four teams that are going to get the uh, the top four buys. Um, I mean, I think South Alabama's obviously, you know, if, you, if there's a sleeper, they might not even be a sleeper, but if you're just looking for a yeah. team outside of those top four teams, they would be kind of the team that could potentially go on a run and get that sure. automatic bid. So, but yeah, a tough night. But uh, yeah, you were able to rebound uh, next game. So.
0: Yeah, you were. And I think the difference in the Sun Belt and the Conference USA, just looking ahead a little too early at, um, I guess, your chances or how the conference tournament sets up, there are, there are not any – Matchups, I think that you would feel really like there's no walk in the park in this um, in this conference. It's just there's a lot of parity. It's it's not top heavy, and so yeah, I mean South Alabama exhibit A for that, a team you would really like to avoid. Period in the conference tournament, but I think you can say that about a lot of potential matchups uh, next week in Pensacola. But still, basketball to be played, and on Saturday. Final home game against Georgia Southern, uh, a team we talked about, been up and down, but played has played well uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I think it it scared you a little bit, even maybe especially so after that South Alabama loss. There was a question of whether or not it, it you know, that loss kind of knocked you back down to earth. You were going to go on a little skid here at the end, but I I thought the response was a positive one. Obviously, you get the win, but I, I think the Effort was really strong. He dominated on the boards and uh, beat a pretty feisty Georgia Southern team.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, about the effort, man, I really thought there were times where the defensive intensity Intensity was really elite in this game. And this was a game that was a 73-possession game, so that makes holding them to 62 a lot more impressive. So they only yeah. averaged .85 points per possession. So, yeah, a really good defensive effort. Uh, offense was average. But i tell you, I guess the story offensively yeah. um, was Neftali Alvarez. He yep. was 5 of 7 from 3. I mean, he's not a guy. I think his. I mean, we, we've talked about his career three-point. Um, our percentage is below 30. I think it might be close to 20. Oh, so he's not a guy that's going to, you know, light things up from uh, beyond the arc, but he did in this game, and that was kind of the the mm-hmm. the um the deciding factor is him, his ability um, to shoot the three. So, yeah, I mean, he's not going to shoot five of seven a whole lot, but sure. you're glad he did in this game. So, yeah, he was the MVP in Hase. He had a uh, – or not a big game, but a nice game, 13 uh, on nine shots. Uh, had seven assists, nine rebounds. Uh, it wasn't the best game from um, Crowley, but yeah, I mean, you had Alvarez there to pick things up, and it was, um, I mean, I guess you to talk about the scrum, the uh, it wasn't quite the uh, the malice at the palace, but yeah. it was uh, yeah. maybe the uh, somebody called it the uh, the hurt at the yurt <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah. I think that might have been Angry Hoot at. I don't know, but um, on Twitter, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a good re- a good way to rebound. Um, and it was you know, scary early on. It kind of felt like it felt like early on in the game, kind of before that, um, before that scrum. it felt like things were kind of flat. The team was just kind of maybe still a little bit deflated from that game against South Alabama in the second half. I think you saw the energy pick up and be um, yeah, in between. I think after that, really after that technical that the um, Southern coach got, um, which was before the scrum. I think that is where you really started to open up and uh, yeah, you're able to win. Uh, so, yeah, it was good to get that win, Um, good way to rebound. I think the, the win graded out pretty well in the metric. I think the it graded as an 80-game um, performance. So, it was, um, yeah, not not an elite performance, but about yeah. a solid way to bounce back yep. and, uh, and get back in the win column there.
0: Yeah, and like you said, uh, particularly the effort. And, yeah, I mean, just to show fight and to get back to, to kind of where you were a little bit uh, in terms of the defensive performance uh, I think was a big deal ahead of these two road games and yeah I mean that uh, that lost Thursday maybe paired with the um, the little fight in this game yeah it, it might be a wake-up call a little bit to show or make our guys realize that yeah I mean they could be beat by anyone in the conference if they're not at their best and yeah number two I mean Neftali Alvarez like you said he's not. He's not going to be a game breaker typically from beyond the arc but just if he can if he can give you two or three every game and he if he can be a threat from there I think Or maybe
1: not not two I mean just maybe just one cuz i mean the average sure. yeah
0: but one or two right. yeah i mean not uh yeah, i mean three would be great yeah. if you get three a game from him yeah that would that would change the offense but yeah I mean just to for him to, or maybe this is what i was trying to say have the potential to hit two or three a game yes and Take some of the pressure off of Hase, Crowley, and Pinckney, uh, particularly on the perimeter. Um, yeah, that's that's going to open things up more, even more so than Alvarez has already opened things up. Because I think he probably got a lot of open looks in this game, and some of them were contested. Um, because he's been, I think, what he had made two before that uh, since he's come back. I mean, he's, been, he's not been very good from beyond the arc, whatever the numbers are. And so I think he was... You know, teams were allowing him to to take those looks and risking that for the sake of really keying in on those big three. And and if he can be, yeah, I mean, just uh, halfway competent from beyond the arc, then that's going to take a lot of pressure off of the other big pieces of the offense. So that's, that is a, a big deal. That was a good sign from Neftali on Saturday. Two of two, two of 25 from three uh, yeah, coming well, in. There you go. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that just,
1: it, Adjust the defense and give uh-huh. some other guys opportunity, like you're saying. Yes. Uh, if he has a threat, same thing with Mo Arnold. Um, uh, you know yeah. Um, yeah. You know, teams have kind of backed off him a little bit. And he was able to make a couple threes um, last week in that game against ULM. Yep. Uh, that uh, you know was impactful. So yeah.
0: Yep. All right, Pat. You want to talk this final week of the regular? Oh season? yeah, just real quick the scenarios. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So USM one game ahead. Uh huh. And actually, so I saw pin this to my my Twitter, <coughs> uh, so people want to go uh, look at that. But there are. I guess 64 different uh, combinations, and I ran all of those, put them in a spreadsheet. and um, But anyway, I think the most simple is USM, a win and a Marshall loss would get you the outright title and the one. Um, obviously, two wins would get you um, the outright title. Um, but I feel like one win and one Marshall loss is, the I guess, easiest, simplest. And Marshall still has to go to JMU on Wednesday, and then ODU on Friday, which is also tough. Um, so Marshall still has two tough games. Uh, USM uh, cannot do worse than a three seed. Um, they are guaranteed not only the double bye, but they are guaranteed a top three seed. So th- they won't be four. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's scenarios where you can lose um, you can lose both games and still get the one. It would take Marshall losing both. Um, and then in a four-way uh, tie possibly, which, uh, yeah, USM, uh, ULL, JMU, and Marshall, JMU would get that timebreaker. Uh, but I have uh, all of the scenarios on this um, on this spreadsheet, this pinema Twitter, so people can look at that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, still in good shape to get that one. Uh, but there is some work to do. I mean, I think those the the od the uh, USM ODU on uh, on Wednesday Marshall at JMU. I think they were going at the same time there at six o'clock uh central time. So um, I mean, it could be yeah. I mean, it's kind of like in the NFL, like on the last um, last game or last week of this uh, year, and you're kind of scoreboard watching and seeing the boy. if, you know, my team wins, and then if this other team loses, then we clinch. So it could be one of those type things. But those are um, just kind of a a brief look at uh, the scenarios. And uh, so Old Dominion um, on Texas State, those are uh, who you win the regular season with. And Old Dominion they are 162. And Ken Palm, I think, in the 150s of uh, net, 154 net. And they, yeah, so you have 16 or 17 and 11. 9-7 uh, and seven in the league, and it's kind of a typical Jeff Jones uh, team in the 300s of, of tempo. They're going to play slow. Uh, not a great three-point shooting team. Uh, 32.2 from beyond the arc. Um, you look at their uh, – Ch- Ch- or Chaunce Jenkins, or Chauncey Jenkins, I don't know how you pronounce that um, the way, with the way it's spelled. Uh, Tyrick Scott Grayson, those are the uh, kind of the two guys that the, uh, they rely on, but those are guards. Um, you look at um, Faison Fields is kind of their big man. Um. So yeah, I mean, they're they're actually a team that's playing really well lately. They've won um four out of the last five. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're a team. Are, they're going to be methodical. Uh. They're not super um offensive. Or I guess uh, just looking at this, their offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency are about the same. But yeah, I mean, they've they've been tough at home. They've won. Or actually, no, they haven't. They um. So they they actually lost to Arkansas State at home. So it's actually, they've been better on the road than they have. Uh. Yeah. So cut kind of what. <laughs> uh yeah so at home they've lost let's see to our, uh, at home their record in the league is uh 3 and 4 3 and 4 at home hmm. yeah, yeah including that loss to um Arkansas it's been a bit, uh, better on the road uh but yeah they're a uh, kind of a dangerous team there in the conference tournament they'll probably be a sixth seed and then um getting into Texas State uh I guess we you know we've kind of already talked about Texas State uh, but they're another team that's got I mean we've we've seen them they're another team that's going to play slow they don't uh, not very offensive um, they just don't shoot the three a lot. I think you're going to see Mason Harrell. Uh, he is, yeah, he's been back. So he was uh, kind of, he's a five nine guard, and he did not play in that first game. Um, so he is um, kind of the guy that makes that team go. He's a fifth-year senior, played all five years um, at Texas State, and he, he's a good player. So uh, that'll help their offense some. Uh, they're a team that, uh, let's say, they, uh, last uh, week they split the uh, road trip at Abstate and Coastal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, when we saw that, was kind of a, a rock fight that first game, and uh-huh, I would expect uh-huh. uh, something similar. Um, you know, this game, although their offense has been picking up this scored 78 on um, just 63 possessions against Coastal scored, um, 75 on 67 possessions against App State. Uh, so their offense actually has gotten a little bit better uh, since they were in Hattiesburg. But, yeah, I mean, both of those, those are tough games. I think both games are going to be games where um, you'll be favored, but it'll be, you know, two or three or so. Um so yeah, I think uh I think a split will um get you the outright title. Um I mean there's a scenario where if I mean really the with the net after you lost to South that your net went into like seventy five, seventy six, seventy seven now. So the at large slim the slim at large chance is over. Yes. Yep. Um so there's a scenario where if you win against um ODU and then Marshall loses and you already have the one locked up, that Texas State game wouldn't have any meaning. Um so I mean I don't think you would see Lagner rest players, but I mean, it's a game where you know, if you were to lose at Texas State and you already have the one locked up, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Sure. Um, so, I'd be interested to see they play that. I'm, I'm sure they play it like a normal game, but it would, um, yeah, wouldn't have any meaning. So,
0: ODU always just, I mean, that's a tough environment to mm-hmm. play in. They always draw well at home, and so two, two challenging games, as is always the case on the road and conference play in the Sun Belt, and two more challenge. I mean, if you play anything like you did on Thursday night, yeah. you're going to lose two. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anything else on basketball, Pat? I think that's it. All right. As always, we will uh, we'll recap the week next week, and we will have a full conference tournament yes. breakdown next episode uh, next week. All right, Pat, let's talk a little baseball. We uh, broke down Liberty, obviously, last week, and we were saying uh, you, you get two in this series, and, and you feel pretty good. Golden Eagles get a sweep. I think you're feeling really good, particularly about the pitching. And we'll we'll talk about that in detail. But that was the big question mark. Small sample size, obviously. We did not see some arms uh, that we will see uh, next week. And uh, I think particularly against O, we'll see a lot of those arms that we were wondering about a little bit. But pr- impressive uh, outing, especially for the pitching staff this weekend.
1: Yeah, it really was. And, you know, we talked about, I mean, some of the things that the bullpen, I mean, the things we talked about but that were just the bullpen in general, but also lefty pitching. I mean, you saw three different lefties, and they all pitched well mm-hmm. um, this weekend. So, it was, I mean, we'll get in, I guess, into it after. We'll go game by game. But uh, that, uh, sorry, I guess I have it out of order a little bit in terms of uh, I should have put the uh, the scoring first and then the box score. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, on uh, on Friday it was it was a low-scoring game. It was cold day, yeah. not a great day for offense, and you had Etzel a singling through the right side there, um, and third put you up one nothing. You had a Blake Johnson home run that just, I think it might have hit the top of the wall and went over. Uh-huh. Um, believe is what they said there in the fourth to go up two nothing, uh, and then you are able to get um Sergeant uh, driving a run there on a fielder's choice um to make it three nothing. The fifth and that was the end of the scoring. So I guess it was just uh haul uh yeah five innings and it was a little bit worrisome because he walked the first guy on I think four pitches and it was like uh oh because we had heard the stuff about. Um, maybe having some shoulder stuff. I mean, nothing serious, he just maybe had a little bit of shoulder
0: and irritation. Some tendonitis and fall, yeah.
1: Right. And they just they held him out. It's like, uh oh, is his hall washed now? Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. no, but he, he pitched well. He pitched real well in five innings. Uh, only gave up one hit. Uh, walked two, which is uncharacteristic for him, maybe just a little bit of rust, but struck out five. Um, so it, it was a typical, you know, Tanner Hall performance, um, where he pitched really well. Um, and then Tyler Martin, um, you, you know, the lefty from Nebraska he was 89, 90. Uh, and he pitched three innings, only walked one or yeah, only walked one to give up any hits, uh, and struck out three. And then Justin storm came in. We talked about what kind of role he would have. And I mean, it kind of seems like maybe based on how they used him on Friday and Sunday, he's going to be the closer at least early on. But I mean, yeah, he came in, pitched an inning, struck out two. Um, so yeah, it was just a, um, yeah, good, uh, good, uh opening day win, mostly stress-free and, uh, yeah, pitching, uh, carried you there. And then, um uh, Saturday. Or, yeah, this is Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, Saturday's game. where uh, you are, and I guess just I guess we'll get into that afterwards. Talk just about the how Liberty pitching looked pretty good to me, which was you know, oh, yeah. I think you know, a big reason why the you know offense struggled at times. But uh, Saturday you got down one nothing. Um, gave up an RBS single there uh, to three Hillier in the top of the fourth. Uh, but yeah, in the bottom you were able to manufacture. I guess a couple runs where uh Tato stole second there. In the bottom of the seventh, and then Parker had an infield single. Uh, but yeah, Pater was able to score from second on that infield single uh, to make a one-one. And then you had a um, you know another kind of manufactured small ball there in the bottom of the eighth, where um, you um, Johnson reached on the uh, on the error there, then Lynch uh, put down the sacrifice and Lacey single to the right side. Uh, you go up two-one, and then you, you close things out there. Um, in the top of the ninth, and I guess just the box score. Uh, with the the uh, the uh, it's under that. Sorry, is that it? Yeah, yeah. Joe, just kind of read Adams and uh. Oh, there you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah, so Adams uh, pitch while well, He was sitting kind of 89, 92, bumped to ninety three. Uh, was throwing, you know, he's the change up and the slider. He was he was really good. I mean, he went five innings, uh, only gave up uh, one run, which was unearned, like three hits, walked one, uh, struck out seven, and then I guess the the um. The um, surprise there on the mound, which was a guy that I don't think we really figured would have thrown more than 10 or 15 innings this year, right. uh, was Carl Sibley, retro freshman from summer home. And he threw four innings, gave up three hits, walked one, but struck out eight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's a, he was a guy, he was 87, 89, he's fastball, slider. Um. But, yeah, he was able to get a lot of swings and misses with that slider. Um. So, yeah, he, that was a, it was a surprise they went to him in that situation. And then for him to pitch like he did was, it was really impressive there. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of finishing up there on Sunday. It was a game where um, you had Nico Maza on the mound. And, uh, yeah, you got on the board early. Uh, Peto had the um, RBI ground out. you got one nothing. Uh Then Liberty was able to tie it there um, in the third with an RBI. Uh, RBI single. And then, yeah, your Liberty was able to help you out a little bit there with um, Lynch was able to score on a wild pitch. But then you had um, Edsel double down the right field line. He had a big week. Um, or you know, He had one of the top weeks. Um of the guys offensively, but yeah, that puts you up three to one. Um, and then you had Lacey score on a wild pitch to make it uh four one. And then in the bottom of the, you kind of blew it open there a little bit, uh, scoring three Parker hit a home run. Then you had Lynch hit a, um, a double scored a run. And then Etzel uh, had a sack fly. And then, um, at the top of the night, Liberty did score. Um, but by that point, um, you had you know, pretty much had, uh, things in control. So yeah, that was a seven, two win. And then, yeah, just so it, or the pit. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mazza got the start, was, um, I guess, 92-94 you know, or 91-94. Um, and he was, yeah, was three pitches. We talked about adding the changeup. He's a fastball slider, slider changeup guy, yeah, but he he was good. I mean, he went five and a third, um, gave up only four hits, one run, uh, only walked two and struck out six. And you had Oldham come in. He got out of a little bit of trouble there. Um, he threw uh, two-thirds the inning. And then the guy that I guess, we'll, you know, we'll talk to, but, man, J.B. Middleton was really electric, in this game was ninety four ninety six, um had a got a guy, a guy looking on a slider that was be yeah, really filthy and he went um he faced six guys and um you know got, or retired all six guys he faced guy had four Ks and then uh, and Justin sort of came in and close things I did give up that home run um, but that was the um, only. Uh, gathered reach so yeah it was um a really good week of baseball yeah. um offensively not great we'll maybe get into that uh but pitching was it looked like he really hadn't missed a beat in fact it looked I guess maybe even better than it was a year ago which is crazy to think so
0: through one weekend I think you can say that um and I think yeah I mean crossively Tyler Martin I think those two performances I think are the biggest Biggest factors in how encouraged you are about this pitching staff because we talked. I don't think in the baseball preview, yeah, you know, we said uh, we said Tyler Martin, Justin Storm, and then I couldn't think of any other lefties, and we kind of we said, oh, cross Yeah, I yeah. guess uh, I guess he's in there too. But like you said, didn't expect. I mean, yeah, he's expected him to be a ten inning guy, something like that. But threw really well, and I think showed the type of stuff that you can lean on in in tight situations like that. Showed. The, uh, I guess, mental fortitude, um, I guess, um, you know, in a tight game and a, as a redshirt freshman to come in and and be really good and cool, calm and collected, throwing strikes. Uh, I, I think as a staff, you pounded the zone, which as we talked about, you're going to have to do. You don't have quite as, as much stuff as you did last year. And that's what the staff did. And uh, I think it was really impressive civilly in the Tyler Martin did the same thing. And they're not, you know, they're not low to mid-90s. Uh, it's not a Dalton Rodgers coming in there for either of those guys. But if they can hit their spots, uh, you know, they've both got pretty quick arm action, um, some some movement, some bump on the fastballs, and good off-speed pitches. And so if they can stay in the zone, I think they can be really effective. And, yeah, I mean, just to add cross to the mix, I think you feel a lot better – about this bullpen again small sample size and we'll you know we will uh we'll reevaluate after a couple of weeks but I think yeah obviously his first performance pretty pretty strong and then jB middleton I was uh I was watching on ESPN plus but yeah I mean just uh from that perspective from the the center field camera I mean, he's got really good run on his fastball uh I don't know if he's throwing a two seam or not but whether or not he is, it's it's got really, really good movement uh, paired with that power slider. Uh, I think he has – it'll be interesting to see what they do with a closer spot because Justin Storm was good in his two innings, but Middleton has the closer yes. stuff. And he stayed in the zone. Uh, and, you know, with those four Ks, uh, you know, obviously he executed well. And for a true freshman, I mean, that is uh, really exciting to see early on and there were just there were some pieces that you were wondering about that you got pretty much best case scenarios out of this weekend which is really encouraging uh got two thirds out of Billy Oldham you said I mean he only threw seven pitches and we'll we'll talk about what the scenarios are for this upcoming week but uh, he might be your midweek guy might have just been to get him a few reps in uh, ahead of next week to to kind of shake the rust off and break the seal a little bit. as As a Golden Eagle against Division One offenses, against the Division One offense, but I, I think all the way around you were encouraged. I thought Nico was was really good and showed the type of stuff we know that he has. Um, and yeah, threw five and a third, which is the totality of what he threw last year in uh, in one game. Which uh, I think you you got to be encouraged by that the, the length he gave you in his debut. Um, so yeah, overall, really encouraged by the pitching offensively, like you said, pretty slow all the way around. I do think the Liberty pitching was a big factor in that. I think, from what I saw in this, obviously Liberty didn't swing the bat very well. I think the Southern Miss pitching was the, the bigger factor there. But I think there was clear talent in that Liberty lineup. I would expect them, as are the experts and the coaches in the ASUN, to, uh, to really make a run at a regular season championship and be an at-large team again um and so I think that makes the pitching performance that much more impressive but also on the offensive end I don't think there's cause to be really that concerned about the bats uh, I think you saw some good things in spots but not quite as much as you would have liked to see on the opening weekend
1: right so I'm just looking at the OPSs from guys this weekend and sorry I said Etzel um was one of the top guys he was actually uh, fifth in OPS uh, this weekend, uh, but the guys—I guess the four guys that kind of carried you were Johnson uh, had a big week. He hit four twenty-nine, fourteen, thirteen OPS with a home run. I tell you a guy that uh, really impressed me was Tate Parker. Yeah, um, and he was the guy I was just kind of because I saw him in the fall and I was like, well, could you know, could he be one of these kind of JUCO guys that maybe can't um, come into D one? But yeah, he played really well. Had the home run today. Um, he hit three seventy-five of the weekend. One point one nine four um ops so i mean it'll be interesting to see if this is going to be i mean left field is this going to be parker's going to take over or are they going to keep platooning uh yeah. with i mean with the way if there's you know we talked about one of those guys was probably going to win it and if they're comparable you kind of keep platooning but i mean if if parker's playing a lot better than ewing's playing i mean i think you got to yeah. roll with parker there yeah uh, um, and, or vice
0: versa i mean yeah right that's just, right yeah
1: i'm um, in left field uh, and then Dickerson had a uh, he had two doubles. Um, he looked like he was going the opposite way a little bit um, early on, or just this weekend. Um, and then uh, and then Lynch had a, had a nice week. He was uh, nine twenty nine OPS. Had that double today, but hit two eighty six. Um, and then so I guess you talk about like Sergeant was point oh uh, eighty three. He was I guess he would have been one of twelve. And then I guess uh, you know we a lot of people were uh, talking about Wilks and Wilks. It was good to see him get that double yeah. uh, today in the pinch hit role because he was through the first. I mean, he was over 6 with 6 Ks, and it just seemed like a matter of maybe pitch recognition. He was – I mean, I'm not a major league hitting coach or anything, but the the fact that he was um, was swinging at balls and looking at strikes uh, made me think that he was struggling with pitch recognition, which I feel like maybe he's had some problems with that in the past. But uh, having – or just getting that double there, I think that will help his confidence. And I think – I would bet he starts on Tuesday against you you in the D.A. Troll. uh, Matt Russo. Uh, let's see. what was his final line today it was um he was over he was th- over 3 for oh, yeah. 3 to have three strikeout three, yeah. so i think you're going to see um wilks back there in the dh role uh after that pinch hit double um and it's just yeah i just think it's a matter of being able to recognize pitches cuz you know when he gets the bat of the ball he hits it you know probably harder than anybody mm-hmm. um else on this team um Sol, yeah i mean he he had a okay week um yeah yeah so Sol, he had the catch against the um one the i think you saw enough offensively even though they didn't have a, he didn't have a big week um to where you, you know you know he's going to have a solid year. I mean, you saw yeah, that yeah, um yeah. that double on Friday which he's going to be the guy where he's going to turn a lot of singles that are like um or a lot of singles on the doubles that are singles for 95% of you know your average players. Um so I think that is he's going to hit a lot of a uh, doubles. I think I mean he has good gap power as it is, yeah. but I think he's going to turn a lot of those singles into doubles just because of his speed. You saw him steal a base there on uh, On Friday, and you saw he got caught stealing today, uh, turning still third. Um, but yeah, I think um, you'll see him kind of you know, start to pick things up because um, he did have um that big um, RBI single there. Yeah, uh, on Friday. Uh, other guys, Pato struggled some. He was uh, uh 120 or hit 125 542 on um, OPS. Um, but I mean, a lot of these guys. You know, we've seen what they can do over right. a full season, so right. you're not super concerned in cold weather against a good pitching staff. On that first week, I mean, really, Liberty. I feel like every single guy they brought in was at least 90. Maybe that's just the way college baseball is now, where everybody throws 90s. But I mean, they're bringing the lefties that were there 94, 95. And they're bringing in you know every starter. That guy we thought was kind of the crafty lefty on Saturday, he was 91, 92. Yeah. Mikey Tepper today was mid 90s. Um, and then the uh, Garrett Horn was really good, too. I mean, he was 92, 94, yeah. 95 uh, from the left side. So I think um, we had said Liberty was strong on the mound and maybe just kind of averaged offensively. And I think that kind of – we saw that play out um, this weekend. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, you said that well of a lot of the guys that struggled. We know that they are capable at the plate. And at the, in opening weekend – At home against a good opponent, you know you're swinging out of your shoes. I think we saw some bad approaches that uh, that will be tweaked and improved. And it's just also, you know, these last couple of years, the lineup has been slow in the in the start, and have had, you know, it's it's taken a few weeks to really get their feet under them, and so that might be the case again this year. But I, I think overall, I think especially. The DH spot was obviously concerning with with Slade Wilks. You mentioned six strikeouts in his first six ABs, but you know even if it's in the hypothetical scenario that that Wilks doesn't find it, I think you have three you have two good options behind him. Whoever is not playing left field, and I think we'll see Matt Russo a little bit here. Um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, as you're as you're just trying to figure out your pieces and who's going to be competitive. Uh, ideally you would like Slade Wilkes to, to you know, get back to where he was hitting at the end of last year, especially in the postseason, and really you know, really nail down that spot and not have to worry about it. But I think you've got, with Wilkes and with whoever's not playing left, and with Matt Russo, because I think we, we've both seen him in the fall and really liked what he gives you from the left side. He gives you some good power. And uh, yeah, so with those three, I think you feel, you, you still feel pretty good about the DH and I think the lineup overall.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think this upcoming, uh, we'll get an Illinois, but I think this is a better uh, matchup pitching wise. We talked about Liberty. I mean, Liberty had two lefty starters. They brought in uh, um, several lefty relievers, uh, the guy NC State today, and then they had the guy from Winthrop yesterday so I mean, I really don't think this was—I didn't say last week, um, but I meant to say—but I just didn't think this was a—I mean, you swept, but I didn't think it was a great matchup just based on the personnel uh, that Liberty had with all the lefty pitchers and a lot of lefty bats as well, and you have an already yep. um, pitching staff, um, and you're still able to sweep. So, um, yep. I think, and um, the weather—I believe uh, this upcoming weekend this is going—I think warm. it's going to be a little warmer, so I think that could help offense. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you know we'll get into Illinois, but I think the the combination of, uh, yes, of Saturday or Friday, 81 high, seven, uh, Saturday, 85, Sunday, 83. So the weather will not be, um, you know, an excuse, <laughs> kind of like it was um, this last weekend. So, yeah, I mean, I think this upcoming week you're going you're gonna to play a, what I believe is a weaker pitching staff, and uh, just based on th- likely three righties in the rotation, I think that'll set up better for the offense. And if you struggle again um, at the plate, I think, you know, maybe you press the panic button a little bit, but um, still time to, you know, the team to, uh, yeah. I mean, you got 53 games left. So our 50, uh, uh, 50, 51 regular season games left. So there's still plenty of time for them to start hitting the ball.
0: So. Oh yes, definitely. Anything else on this Liberty weekend, Pat? I think that's it. All right. Let's talk. Uh, we'll, we'll go both UNO and Illinois, Pat.
1: Yeah. So UNO, uh, uh, I guess because we don't know the, um, usually we Last year recorded this on Monday, so we even know the midweek starters. We don't know who is going to throw. We don't know USM's going to throw, but UNO, they're 30-23. and 23, Or they were 30-23 and 23 a year ago. They just they lost two out of three uh, to Kennesaw at Kennesaw State um, this weekend. Uh, they're 13-11 in the, uh, the Southland. They're 139 RPI, 120 Massey. They're four, pick fourth preseason Southland. So they're a decent team. Not, um, you know, great. Not a tournament type team, but they're, you know, maybe average to maybe a little bit above average if you just look at the whole D one. So I guess what, who do you think is going to start for USM in this game?
0: I, I feel like Billy Oldham is going to get the start okay. because that's that's kind of that's who they talked about. as, I mean, they, Billy was one of the options in the rotation already, and I really think I mean he was warming up in the pen on on Friday. I think and Saturday. That, and yeah, and, and so the the clear plan was to get him an inning or two in the pen and I I feel like that was just sort of to to get his sea legs under him uh so that he could go on Tuesday I don't I mean who else who else do you think would go
1: yeah I mean I'm thinking Holland Towns but um yeah I just but uh, yeah I mean I was kind of thinking well if they pitched him in the in out of the bullpen yeah so uh, I mean I was just kind of thinking that oh they want to throw a guy on the bullpen on Sunday and then come back and throw another guy on um that guy on Tuesday. Yeah, it could be. Um, but I think last year they pitched Tanner Hall either on Saturday or Sunday that he came in and pitched in the midweek game um, that following Tuesday. So, I mean, they've done right. that in the past. So, could very well be old I think, um, yeah, I think probably him or Towns.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, we'll see. I think, I've seen some people talk about maybe Isaiah Rose. I don't feel like he – I feel like he's kind of purely a reliever. Yeah. I know, Um. you know, Nick Salen, obviously. Um. Uh, I think people have heard of him. He was a, a sidearm guy that has started. Um, but – Typically, the side-run guys; those are purely relievers. Um, so I, I think he's just he's going to stay the pin roads, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, I would think um, Oldham or Oldham or Towns against you
0: and So, yeah, I'm not sh- I'm not sure who else you would throw Colby in a starting I mean, role. I mean, Colby I mean, Allen; he yeah. was
1: up in the pin. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, I I know you've obviously got options, but as far as who we have talked about as starters, I mean, those are really Oldham and then yeah, Towns. Really, the only two guys we have really talked about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would, mean, it wouldn't be Trey I mean, I think he's certainly we've talked about him as back of the pin, uh, yeah, type uh, guy. I mean, maybe Will Armistead, Chandler yeah. Dawson, um, yeah, yeah,
0: and I, and I think we will. I mean, we'll see a lot of those arms this week that we we did not see this weekend because you, first of all, you got some really, you got some length that you did not expect. I don't think out of I mean guys like Cross Sively and it was also matchup wise you wanted to go heavier left handed and so your three your three lefties covered a lot of innings for you in all three games just because of the matchup. And so we didn't see guys like Rhodes or Treyhan. Uh but I, I think you're gonna really see a lot of arms in this next coming week, just so the staff knows what they have, uh, and I think that'll start with you and O. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, uh, Illinois, uh, they uh, split this weekend. They won the two games against Youngstown. and They lost pretty badly in those two games against Wake Forest. they Wake Forest top-ten team. Uh, but Illinois is a team that went 31-22 and 22, um, a year ago, 17-7 uh, in the Big Ten. They was fourth in the Big Ten. They were at 76 RPI, 85 Massey. Uh, they're picked fourth in the preseason in the Big Ten this year. So, uh, But, yeah, the, the rotation that I believe they will probably roll out, I think you would at least see two of these guys. Um and this was the first three guys they rolled out this weekend were um, Riley Gowans. Um, he's a right-hander. He was a guy last year at a 4.86 ERA, a 119 whip. And um, uh, he was a guy that struck out 68 in 66-plus innings, walked 27. Um, he's a guy in the fall who's up to 93. He's going to sort of sl- throw a slider and change up. And against Youngtown, I think he, uh, went five or six innings, struck out 11. He did give up four runs, uh, but I would expect to see him on, on Friday. And then Jack Winninger, um, another right, he was 91-93, um, topped out at 94 as he had played his freshman year at Murray State. Um, and he's a four-pitch guy. I mean, he has, I think he's going to be predominantly um, fastball, um, curveball, apparently, not going to have to slide around, change up a lot. Uh, but he was a five-seven-one ERA, 156 whip um, a year ago, uh, walked 24, struck out 30, and in 34-plus innings. So maybe a little bit of control issues there um and then Jack Crowder um, is the guy that probably will go Sunday he was a guy up to 96 in the fall and uh, it seems like he's the the secondary stuff isn't great it seems like um what i read on the D1 report they said is um his changeup it was usable i don't that didn't seem that promising but uh he's worked on the slider apparently so i mean his, his secondary stuff developing <laughs> he's a guy he's going to be heavy fastball he's going to throw a lot of fastballs um, cuz yeah, i mean secondary stuff apparently isn't great um, but yeah, 613 ERA a year ago, 159 whip. Um, and I guess I would want to see how um, those guys. Let's see. So, um, yeah, so Crowder he, uh, against um, Wake Forest through four innings. Uh, only gave up one uh, run, but he walked six, struck yeah. out three. So, uh, some control issues there. And then let's see how. Uh, Winnegar did against Youngstown. He was, um, he went, uh, through, or five, through five innings, uh, only gave up two runs, four hits, um, walked two, struck. out 11, it. So it's a pretty good line there, even though it's against a not great opponent. Um, so yeah, and then offensively, uh, Cam McDonald, um, or I guess three top returns from last year. Cam McDonald, got hit 974 uh, OPS from a year ago, seven home runs. Brandon Comia, uh, 941 OPS from a year ago, seven home runs as well. Uh, both of those are righties. Uh, Danny Doligal, uh, I think he's going to be the leadoff guy for him. He bats from the left side, eight ninety nine OPS from a year ago. Hit three home <laughs> runs. Uh, let's uh, last year they hit three or eight. Sorry, eight thirty OPS as a team. Uh, and then I'm just yeah pulling up the uh, so let's see their leading OPS guy this week is Danny Doligal. He was um, uh, hit three fifty seven, uh, one home run, one point one four three OPS. Uh, then McDonald was 9.22 OPS, hit a home run. Uh, Comia hit a home run. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys that, um, that were their top guys last year had pretty decent weekends or good weekends, um, in that Wake Forest tournament. But, yeah, I mean, they were, they beat Youngstown, uh, pretty solidly, but they weren't that competitive against Wake Forest. Uh, now, granted, Wake Forest really good team. Yeah, really good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a team, this is a, this is a solid team. They're not a, you know, a great team. Um, but they're a team that you know they'll finish probably top four or five of the Big Ten. Could uh, be a tournament, uh, NCAA tournament contender. We'll see how it um, plays out for the rest of them, or rest of the year for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're certainly it'll be a competitive
0: weekend. So, yeah. And would you consider a series win two out of three a success? I think so. I think
1: yeah. I think um, it's a top one hundred. team. Yeah, this dude. is a top yeah. one hundred team. I, mean, I think even at home. I mean certainly you would you would take 2 out of 3 um saying so, obviously you know the sweep would be uh terrific but I think you mm-hmm. I mean you're playing a top 75 top 100 type team I think you would almost always take 2 out of 3 in those uh type series sure so. yeah
0: and and I think the biggest thing this week is seeing more of the pitching staff and some of these arms especially that we haven't seen and also getting some more innings out of the guys who had great weekends you know some of the guys we talked about JB Middleton Sively uh, I think Tyler Martin, uh, you know, just expanding that sample size and seeing if, if they can, uh, yeah, they can continue being competitive, especially out of the pen. And, of course, your starters uh, on Saturday and Sunday, want to get another look at them. Just, um, yeah, uh, see if you can solidify some of those roles. I mean, the quicker you can do that, uh, the bigger the positive is as uh, you work your way uh, towards conference playing through this non-conference part of the schedule.
1: Yeah, man, I guess for me it would just be the offense kind of picking things up. I think this is a good matchup yeah, we we'll talked yeah, about. Yeah. Um kind of fastball, um, righties, righties rely on the fastball. This historically uh been a good matchup for uh for USN teams. So um like to see the offense pick it up a little bit. Because, um, yeah, again, just think it's a better matchup. But yeah, uh getting into uh for, yeah, Sunbelt, uh week uh, one. Um App State swept Queens. We talk about Queens, over their first uh couple games there. Um, in Division One, Arkansas State swept Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, GMU got swept at Florida State. Georgia Southern, they were able to win two out of three against West Virginia. Scored three there in the seventh uh, to win four to three today. Um, Georgia State uh, beats, or sorry, they lost two out of three to Cincinnati, which uh, was kind of crazy because I thought they had, so they must have, oh, sorry, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at friday's um things uh so they lost two out of three um they had won the uh first game by a lot uh and then since then he came back and won the last two um okay so i'm since i'm looking at um friday's the the Georgia southern game they must have lost today so they they scored three win on on three and the seventh on friday they they uh lost today thirteen to four uh to uh to uh west virginia um Old Dominion won two out of three against Saint John's. Uh, ULL won two out of three at Rice, where they had um, let's see, they won that first game five four. They came back one eleven two on 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 Saturday, and then lost twelve to eight. Um, today it was a little bit um, or they had gotten up five nothing, and then Rice came back. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's okay to take two hundred three there. Uh Texas State swept uh Northwestern. Troy swept Evansville. That was close at times. I Maybe mean, it was I'd say they won Friday twelve seven. the one eight to seven and extras on Saturday and eleven at tune on or today, Sunday. Uh so a couple one run uh wins there for Troy. Um ULM took two out of three against Bradley. Um uh, Marshall swept St. Louis. Um St. Louis is a team that's been okay in the uh, A ten in the past. They've been um, kind of a four seed there. Um uh Maybe it's been a couple of years, but in the past they have. Uh, uh, Coastal took two out of three in their tournament, so they beat Fairfield, uh, beat Middleton State, and then lost to VCU. Um, South Owl, they went 3-1 and one in their tournament. Um, yeah, they won against uh, UAB today. Uh, Jeremy Lee, um, who's been their ace, he pitched really well for him on Friday, so I think he's kind of back healthy, going to be one of the top three or four or five pitchers in the league. He yep. went five innings, uh, struck out eight, only gave up two runs, but both were unearned. Um, so it, well that was encouraging for south um and i guess the conference as a whole that he pitched well there on uh, on uh sunday so yeah um i think uh u s m certainly had the uh or on he pitched on friday u s m had the you know it was the team of the week in the league i mean really it was a lot of just either playing cupcakes or um um you know outside of the you know u s m liberty in the uh georgia southern uh west virginia and then James Madison uh, going to the floor set. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of taking care of business. And then, uh, I guess, JMU, they had a tough series. They got swept. But I think people kind of expected that. But that was kind of uh, – yeah, but, yeah, that was the, uh, the week that was in the league. And then um, uh, midweek, notables, uh, Arkansas State goes to Ole Miss. Uh, Georgia Southern hosts Georgia Tech. Um, ULM goes to State. So, those are a couple of, I guess, interesting midweeks there. Um, and then uh, this upcoming week, uh, so uh, Georgia Southern hosts Brown. JMU hosts Cornell. Georgia State hosts Brown. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm going so fast I can't even <laughs> yeah. get it right. Uh, Georgia State hosts Brown. Yeah. Um, James Madison hosts Cornell. Um, ODU hosts Fordham. ULM hosts um, SIU Edwardsville. Marshall goes to Charleston Southern. Uh, Coastal hosts Creighton um app state is app state's having a uh, subway series of sorts with north carolina a&t so they're yeah. one of those games is in boone one of them's in greensboro and i think they might play let me pull this up because they're, they're, i think they're at three different sites um okay we'll see okay one yeah the first game's in uh, greensboro second game's in boone then they go back to greensboro for game three so that's kind of fun but um door southern hosts uh, east tennessee state Um, Arkansas State hosts Illinois State. Uh, ULL hosts BYU. That's a Wednesday to Saturday series. This is a four-game series. Starts on on Wednesday, ends on on Saturday. But, yeah, there's four games there. Um, Texas State hosts Oral Roberts. That could be a little bit interesting. Oral Roberts has been a good team. Good program out of the Summit League for a long time. Uh, Troy hosts um, Stony Brook. And then um, South Al hosts Nebraska in a weekend series. So, I mean, really, I was – yeah, the league as a whole hasn't scheduled great on the weekends. Um, I think, I mean, really, if you just look at, um, just if you just take a look at the weekend series, I think you have probably scheduled the best out of all the teams, um, just in terms of team strength. But, um, I mean, a lot of teams that have historically scheduled really well. I mean, ULL has historically scheduled very well, and their top series is probably Campbell. I and mean, Campbell's a solid team. They have a first rounder on Friday with Cade Keller. But I mean, Campbell's not a great. Team. I mean they're good, but they're not you know great. Um, and then you look at South Alabama, I and they post Nebraska in a weekend series this week. I'll be we talked about. Uh, but other than that, they really don't I mean have a ton. And Nebraska wasn't great last year. Um, and then um, I'm trying to think of, well, else? Uh, Coastal. I mean they usually have some really good teams in tournaments there, and they don't have a ton either. I mean they play. Let um, pull up their. Uh, uh, schedule. Let's see. Because actually this Creighton is a is a weekend series. They usually don't play a whole lot of just true weekend series. But yeah, they play Creighton this week and then they play Davidson um third weekend and they actually do play they play Illinois in the fourth weekend. But yeah I mean they're not a not a whole lot of you know highlights. So I mean teams that have historically scheduled well in the league, not as much this year. So you just hope that didn't hurt the uh,
0: the RPI. Yeah. Another weekend of the Sun Belt. We will uh, continue to learn some things about this league in a few spots. A few uh some lighter weekends, but yeah, um, I don't have a whole lot to add there, Pat.
1: Uh, yeah, and then I just uh, uh, the other uh, teams that you play on the weekend when we talk about Illinois, uh, yeah. Dallas Baptist swept uh, Fordham, and then uh, Valpo um, lost two out of three at Kansas. So
0: there you go. All right, a few football tidbits, uh, Pat, that you wanted to talk about. Spring practice starts this Thursday. Oh wow! Yeah, very early. Coach Hall likes to do it early uh they will i think they'll practice eight straight days don't i don't have the schedule pulled up here but they'll take two weeks off and they'll come for the final two weeks ahead of the spring game but uh yeah, so apropos i have a few football things to talk about Pat.
1: yeah so just going through the s&p plus uh for the schedule um just to you know see where Or i guess we'll start out with usm i mean usm is 92 in S P plus um so we'll go maybe we can talk about that but we'll you to get into, I guess, just teams in order of S P plus. So Florida State is 11. Uh, Mississippi State's 23. Tulane is 37. Uh, Troy is 54. Um, Let's we'll see. James Madison's – or, so you don't play James Madison. Uh, South Alabama was 66. They were pretty high on that um, return to production list. Uh, Lafayette is 75. Yeah. Um, App State's 86. App State was toward the bottom. They were right near the bottom of that return production, so maybe you could see the, the bottom fall out there, possibly. Um, Arkansas State, 114. ODU, 115. Texas State, 116. You play all those teams. Uh, ULM is 130. So, did I hit all of them? Who did I miss? I think you did. I think you got all of them. I'm trying to think. Did I miss somebody from the West? Um I don't think I, I don't think I I've think missed. That was yeah. six, yeah. Yeah, so uh yeah, so a couple teams in the uh top 25, uh three teams in the top 40. And just based off this they're again you know, Troy defending camp and they're predicting Troy I guess would have the best team coming in. Uh but yeah, that's just S&P plus for um uh this 2023 season. So were you surprised to see USM in the 90s or or what? Cuz that's they finished the year I think uh l- 75 was the final. Yeah,
0: a little bit. That um it, especially with everything you have coming back, I mean, you've got a lot of returning production. Not as much as last season, but, I mean, whatever it was, 70-something uh, percent of the roster was underclassmen, and so you've you've got a whole lot coming back. But it's, it's still unproven, so it, it doesn't just, you know, blow me away that you're that low. I think you've still got a lot to prove and just, yeah, in terms of the metrics, in a lot of ways you weren't that great. So, not, not a huge shock.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, you lost, I'm sure, the, you lost Trey Lowe, which I'm sure yeah. the computers are weighing in there just because quarterback. And quarterback. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you're thinking you've had at least a couple of guys to make that position more competitive um, this upcoming year. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, that's just – and then, uh, yeah, I guess just getting into the scheduling uh, news. So, they, they announced uh, four different um, games or series. Uh, two of those we had already talked about had already been um, – Reported on by FB schedule. So the, the home and home with Mississippi State twenty nine and or twenty thirty 2030 and twenty thirty one and then the two games with Alcorn twenty twenty three and then twenty twenty six. Obviously both of those are in Hattiesburg and then but the two games we did not know about, um, South Florida, home and home with South Florida. So that'll be twenty twenty four in Hattiesburg. Um, and then twenty twenty eight in Tampa and uh and then Jacksonville State that's twenty twenty four at Jacksonville, um 2025 in Hattiesburg. So I really like the USF series. I know they've wanted to get AAC teams on the schedule um, in the past. And, um, you know, yeah, this is what way to do that. And so USF rearranged a couple things around. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, this team, I mean, you really go back to the early 2000s, it was kind of like a semi-rivalry. A lot of those guys from that town talked about USF, they're really dirty. And yeah. um, I mean, a lot of – what USF Colin, who's a guy I like to make fun of on, on Twitter, he was like, oh, I'm back to hating the Southern Miss. He was like, Hattiesburg is the worst place. <laughs> worst place USF's ever played a game or something yeah, like that. But uh, they actually play Alabama the week before they come here. Mm. Um, so, um, I don't know. I guess they'd probably go back to Tampa um, that week. But I mean, if you're a USF fan, maybe you just hang out, and like – you know, Meridian or something. And then um, that week yeah. in between <laughs> Tuscaloosa and Hattiesburg. Um, but I, I like that series a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, and then by 2028, so that twenty twenty eight game will be in Tampa. Uh, and USF, they are trying to get an on-campus stadium. Still a lot of, you know, legal stuff and financial stuff, just being able to fund it. But they are tentatively scheduled to play on campus in 2026. So if that all happens as this planned, that 2028 game, but will not be at Raymond James Stadium. It will be at this new um, USF on-campus stadium in Little Collegeville. Jacksonville State, don't love it, uh, but I I do understand because you're supposed to play at Troy in 2024. Obviously, that's that conference game, so you had to get rid of that contract. So you're late in the process. Um, in terms of scheduling, didn't have a whole lot of options. Jacksonville State needed some games when they were coming up to um, FBS. USM needed a game, so it, they were kind of one of the few options that is drivable, um, is close to, you know, fans in Atlanta and, uh, um, and Birmingham. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not, not certainly a super flashy or great series. Um, I, you know, you don't want to prop up some of these startup programs, um, you know, outside of your right. own, outside of the league. Um, out of southern Sun um, but you didn't have a whole lot of options, and you know, I guess it's you know the best you could have done. So,
0: yeah, good stuff. I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I really like, I really like the USF series specifically. Um, and I'd like to see yeah, some of those, some more of those AAC teams on the schedule. Pat, anything else before we wrap it up?
1: I think that's it. Looking forward to that Sun Belt basketball tournament. For you yeah, actually.
0: yeah. And again, we will we'll break it down in full next week. And uh, I also, through two baseball weeks, I guess a week and a half, I do want to do some uh, predictions. I had some people ask me uh, okay. if we would do some predictions for the season as a whole. So we'll do that next week. And as always, we will, uh, yeah, we'll wrap up basketball and yeah, another busy week in Southern Miss Athletics. Hopefully, another good week for Patrick McGee. My name is Ben Milam. This has been another episode of Buzzardry, and we hope to have you with us next time. This has been Buzzer Dream. Thanks for listening and be sure to share and leave a review.
1: You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzard Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.